0: Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I interview movement enthusiasts to find out who they are, what they do, and why they do it. In this interview, Brandy Laird discusses many things, including the recent Art of Retreat, being an introvert, and card manipulation. She shares her coaching philosophy, influences, and creating experiences And reflects on the role of usefulness in her practice. Brandy explains how she handles dark moods, strives to expand her skill sets, and even recites some of her own poetry. But first, a twofer this week. One, the Hero Forge is back. In collaboration with Andy Fisher, you did catch episode 60, right? We're putting all 59 Hero Forge recordings on our website where you can stream or download them for free. Two, if you value what we are doing, you should support our work. visit moversmindset.com slash support It's easy and every dollar matters Hello, I'm Craig Constantine.
1: Hi, I'm Brandy.
0: Brandy Laird is a human of many skill sets, movement, juggling, crafting, massage, and poetry to name a few. Co-founder of Parkour Visions, Brandy is a leader in the American parkour community and well known globally. She's constantly striving to improve herself and expand her skill sets to be ready and useful in any and every situation. Welcome, Brandy. Thanks, Craig. Brandy, I think the first time I ever had a chance to like meet you and interact with you, like not just like, "Hey, how you doing?" and like walk away, um, was the day you threw me on the floor and like kneeled on my ass until I screamed in in like for mercy. So I'm just wondering, when you find that you meet somebody new, do you? find that you feel you need to immediately move with them and play with them in some fashion before you feel comfortable with them? Like you can have a conversation with someone, but like is movement for you a really necessary part of like saying hello and how you doing and how are you today?
1: Um, well first I think you, you, you sort of misrepresented what, what happened. <laughs> <laughs> there um but like, i'm glad i left a good impression yeah. on your ass
0: <laughs> i see you there both mm. sides i mm-hmm. you're more than welcome to unpack the story because no a fun
1: no story. no we'll just leave it, leave it at that and uh also to answer your question no not at all i don't need movement to make a connection necessarily it does help um it is nice to be able to connect with people through movement but i wouldn't say that's a necessity for me
0: mm. if you Um, We all just came back from Art of Retreat and I'm just wondering if there are any snapshots or moments or conversations, you know, movement pieces, whatever, things that jump out at you, if I say, so what was Art of Retreat like?
1: Art of Retreat is always just wonderful. Art of Retreat is like uh, dreams come true and watching watching the people I love the most in the world uh, elevate each other. So as far as this past Art of (laughs) Retreat, it was a blast as usual. I get to... Stand in front of people, yell at them, shame them publicly, and such and so forth. Um, but one of the most important and and really profound moments I had was actually during one of the night mission games, where uh, I had taken on the role of an ogre,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I was supposed to be carried away from the village site, mm-hmm. and I didn't want that to happen, so I, I struggled uh, pretty pretty prolifically. And at some point after, um, you know, four or five people who didn't really know grappling handed me off to someone who did, he had me, <laughs> he had me just full, full lock. He had his uh, legs around mine and hooks and then my arms were up. So honestly, there's, there's no way I could have right. gotten out even if I had had any energy left and I, yeah, I was still screaming and struggling and got really exhausted and then just kind of relaxed relaxed. And he's like, that was good, Brandy. That's good. Take a couple breaths and then try again. And it was really cool. It was like, we're, you know, we're in a game and we're playing, we're playing at being enemies. Obviously we're not enemies because we're friends. And he just took a, took a moment to coach me and, and help me push even further. Uh, Cause I had already decided to make it into training mm-hmm. uh, as well as playing, but that really, took it to the next level for me.
0: I wondered how that person died. Now I understand what actually happened. (laughs) No, I'm I'm obviously just kidding. So one of the reasons that I've been trying to talk to you for (laughs) might be like three or four years and it, it wasn't that you dodged me. It's actually rather tricky to sit down with people to have an interview because I only do the interviews in person and I really think, to me, it's partly a challenge for me. And by the way, I'm I'm hoping that you're going to do a card trick. Like and I want to get there soon because I'm
1: not I, doing a card trick. Oh, okay, because no. she's
0: she's like wielding I'm f- and and I'm like this. I was going to say I thought you're going to start like walking them around your hands, but now I'm distracted by the cards, which is so cool. This is like Craig deal. No, no, it was good. They make me deal with the cards. It's like a really good thing.
1: Well, I was worried that they would be too uh, too loud on the on the microphone and stuff.
0: Oh no, we can't even hear that. But one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because. You have a way of this is going to sound ridiculous. I think a way of lighting up practice spaces and like I've seen you do this multiple times at like American Rendezvous. They they always everybody wants to lob you the okay warm them up like it's it's <laughs> yeah. just like brandy goes into um, I don't know like so do you think of I'm, I'm going to call that a mode? Okay. I've seen you do it at Art of a Treat. I've seen you do it at ARDV multiple times. And I'm wondering, do you think of that as something that you flip on? Like, okay, here's a group and these bitches are about to get them, you know. And it, you're not brutal, like, you know, not always brutal. So you don't grind them into submission, but you really challenge people to, like, bring their A-game. So I'm wondering, do you have a, a way you think of that mode and how do you do that?
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I It's a very conscious switch over from how I am when I am just existing to now I am the, the person, the leader in parkour community who is Brandy. Um, it's really just a matter of, of thinking about generating energy because in, in those moments, especially with things like warm up, especially for a large event and, uh, with so many people who don't know each other yet and this, that, and the other thing, it's really important that someone, in my opinion, that the people who are in front of them are able to sort of pick up the slack and and i guess it's almost like streamlining them to where i want them to be which is just as energetic and excited as i'm presenting myself to be so there is definitely a moment i mean i can have i can be having a, a terrible morning and just feel feel like just just yeah. garbage <laughs> Um, but once that clock takes over and it's time to stand in front of people, I, that that can't be there on the floor. Mm. Um, because just like you said, I can light up a room. I can also turn a room into a, a stormy mess. Uh, so the power goes both ways. Can and you do that on purpose? I can. I try please, not to. Please don't do it now. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the things, as, especially in younger days, uh, with less emotional control, I would I would do it on accident, you know, just not be able to filter myself correctly and and just bring people down, which is not ever what I want to do. It's just sort of that train wreck status where you are just kind of watching yourself be this way, and then on, only later, once once I feel more regulated, can I say, oh, geez, I was I was a real asshole mm. um, then. So the uh, the coaching persona and the leader leader of a big group persona is definitely a conscious effort to just take all of my most uh, energetic ideas and, and ways of being and just blast it out Challenge. to everybody else. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I always think of it um, as, you know, people talk about passion and the spark, like having a flame. So I just think of it as if, if I can become a, a ginormous bonfire then perhaps I can start like sending other people on fire, you know, like she's like putting out a bunch of sparks it's, and like maybe it's it'll catch. like Standing so. in front of
0: a lighthouse. You're just like, oh, yeah. just, wow. Like it <laughs> like sweeps by and you're like, I, so I better jump higher or really, like, you know, whatever we're doing. Yeah. So where did you, um, for, well, obviously a lot of that is just who you are, but was there anybody that was influential on you? Like realizing that this was a flashlight that you had for, you know, the good and the bad version of the flashlight. And then, was there someone that helped you realize that that was a thing that you could control?
1: You know, I, I honestly can't pinpoint a single someone or even a handful of someone's uh, for this particular thing. I think it was just built up over the time of being in a leadership position and and the the many comments over time, small things over and over and over and over that was showing what, what I was doing for people and how I was impacting people. Um, yeah.
0: If I say, um, think of someone or someone's that you find that you admire, not to be confused with who inspire you, but someone that you admire or or multiple someone that you admire. Can you share a story about one or more of them? And you can leave the names out if you like, if you don't want to tell who it is. But what I want to see is like, what do you admire about someone or someone's? And I want to see what that, how admiration uh, is manifested for you and the kinds of things that you're drawn toward. You can't always say that. and you could say no.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, <laughs> the reason I'm taking so long is I'm trying to I'm trying to really establish because there's there's so many people that I admire um, and That's for so that. many different reasons. And again, not like a pinpointable. It was when this thing happened that I just grew. Hmm. I, it so, d- who's the, the first happened. person
0: that comes to mind?
1: Uh, the first when you asked me who I admire, the first person that came to mind was Caitlyn Pontrella.
0: Hmm. I'm. And yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> so I could say why, but I'm also going to say, just tell me a random story that exemplifies something that
1: Caitlin started the art of retreat. She, she decided that we needed more connection across different communities and organizations and companies and was seeing that a lot of us were, uh, finding as much excellence as possible on our own, in our own little fish bowls in the world mm-hmm. and was really one of the first people to, to pinpoint that we needed to cross those barriers and come together. And that itself has been the catalyst to so many other amazing endeavors and works and uh, more, more community even, and education. And I just think, I just think she's the
0: com. What's something that you think people get wrong about you?
1: Mm-hmm. I think people think I'm an extrovert and that's very wrong. I'm not an extrovert.
0: <laughs> I I am aware uh, because because people I think people a lot of people might say that I'm an extrovert.
1: Yeah, and uh, it definitely gets it's it's more obvious over time. But if you're just at a single weekend event or a couple classes, and heck, actually, you can be in my classes for years and years and never know.
0: Right. Uh, which which just kind of goes it, back
1: to the right. what you were saying earlier about generating and coaching persona and stepping into the role of being the
0: so how do you um how do you recharge as an introvert like
1: uh normally i just stay in my room by myself doing brandy things which can be writing playing with cards uh sewing i do a lot of little tasks and
0: i read that you were really getting into magic tricks like hands card tricks and no
1: that's actually untrue i'm not getting into magic tricks at all I've been manipulating cards, like card juggling, and they call it card cardistry. Uh, I I just wanted more dexterity. Uh, I came back; it was interesting. It kind of just popped up. Something that has been on my list for a long time is to become a card ninja. That's that's how I I phrase it in my own head. That's way better. I want to be a card ninja
0: than cardistry.
1: Yeah, I know. That's why I don't. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Without taking my eyes out, can you like throw them? Or
1: Uh, I have been throwing them, but only once I've beat them up enough to make it work, them. Yeah, to, to wreck them. So, yeah, I got home from a trip this past spring and realized I had been carrying this uh, deck of cards in my bag all this whole time for for years and years and years because it's just among the things to carry, That's it's good to have entertainment for people. Mm. Uh, I was like, you know, if I'm going to keep carrying this all the time, I, I should start doing something cool with them. So I did, and I've that was April. And I've only missed two or three days of practice since. So
0: mm.
1: it's also very, um, for me, um, a lot of stimulation for my brain and it feels nice on my hands. Yeah. Uh,
0: EDC, which leads me to EDC everyday carry. Um, what's something that you, um, so there's a, like EDC is a huge thing, but what's something that you carry that might be unexpected,
1: Unexpected, yeah. unexpected for me personally, or unexpected for someone unexpected to for someone carry. who's
0: familiar with EDC. So, like you know, if I mm. say, "Oh, I have paracord tied into my bag," or I have duct tape in my water bottle, there's a bunch of things. I have a knife, or things. But what's a piece of EDC that would be unexpected for somebody who knows what EDC is?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I always carry the the uh, I Ching, the I Ching,
0: mm. with me. To throw because like the I Ching is kind of a big <laughs> it's a book <laughs> it's
1: a book there's a, there are kindling, some smaller or, translations of it uh, that are not as not as ginormous
0: and okay so I'm I'm assuming you mean to read it as opposed to like I mean I see to, carry, yes to to read it to people, refer to it people yes. carry a book like because they're going to use it for kindling the start of fire which is like dried paper but <laughs> assuming you're reading it um, are there particular passages from the I Ching that you find yourself reading? more often than not? Or the there things about it that you go to, like, I'm stuck on X and I found the passage going to the I Ching got me on? So
1: it's not so much like go to a specific passages. It's, I mean, when I started the practice, it was in a time where I was very stressed out and felt like I didn't have any, like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know. I, I felt like I was going to either lash out in some way or just go crazy and just not, and just lose, just lose myself. So, um, what I would do is when I started feeling that way, I would just open to a random passage Mm -hmm. and then read that passage and then just apply whatever I read to whatever I was feeling. Um, that's just still how I do it. I don't really, I mean, sometimes I'll make a point to study and just go through and, and study them one by one. But for the most part, it's just, if I feel like I, I need something to, to uh, remind me or chill me out. Or kind of the
0: rut. Right? Yeah,
1: just something. Mm. And I just open it. Mm. Yeah.
0: So I'm, all I'm really doing is asking all the questions that I want to ask. I'm like, I don't have a... a like uh, Favorite food? Sushi. Mm-hmm. We're going to get along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love, I love mm. sushi. With mm. or without additional soy sauce?
1: Uh, usually without. Yeah.
0: <laughs> High five! If it's something
1: it. funky like a California roll, I might use soy sauce. But if it's like good fresh salmon, like yeah, why, why would a I do California that? California roll?
0: I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I mean, I should say sometimes, sometimes, you like, can't sometimes they eat California rolls. People who want to eat sushi but don't want to eat sushi—they want to eat. Yeah,
1: my favorite sushi place is Musashi's here in the city. Make a point to go there before you leave. Musashi's—is that where we're going? Billy, What is today?
0: We're leaving tomorrow morning. So oh my gosh, time. guys, let's go to Musashi's. Okay. Um, and and we're done. It was Miguel. We're
1: going to massages. It was a
0: pleasure talking to you, Brandy. Okay. Um, what else do inquiring minds want to know? When I say the word unusual, who's the first person you think of? Myself. <laughs> well played. I'm going to remember that as an answer to any random question people throw at you. Uh, successful.
1: Successful. Uh... That was interesting. I, I started with uh, Blake, actually. Mm. Blake Evans, mm. and then kind of the whole PK Gen America's team. They just seem very successful to me. Like they keep going and getting better at everything.
0: Mm. Well, I would say you keep going and get better at everything, too. Um,
1: yeah, I just I
0: wouldn't.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm successful.
0: Mm. If. You're making this interesting because it's like, no, where are the inroads? Well, here's, to, yeah. Here's
1: the thing is I just, I mean, I'm coming off the auto retreat. And so like all these people are still in my head and like okay. really fresh, fresh, uh, in my brain, just thinking of all of them and like, Oh, I'm so proud of everybody because everybody is so cool.
0: It is. It so is smart. a definite coagulation of cool.
1: Coagulation. Mm, very
0: good. That was actually <laughs> a test to see whether you would pull that one out of your hat. Uh, <laughs> was the other one i had the other day was uh oh uh uh, people who design parkour parks would be park architects yes park architects actually I think it's better park architect yeah uh park (laughs) architecture do you have any do you have any fun um I was going to say linguistic ticks, but, but tick is the wrong word. Do you have any fun linguistic games that you enjoy playing? Like, for example, can you curse in any languages other than English?
1: Uh, no, no. English is is the language I curse in. The language the, of the sailorship. Most, the most, Yeah, but I know Sometimes some I'll people who travel the world the have notebooks
0: of, of like, I can curse in 17 languages, including ancient Norse, you know, but... Oh, um,
1: I never occurred to me to do something like that. It oh. never occurred to me to collect...
0: You need to talk to Evan Byer.
1: Oh, I would never talk to that guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well at least communicate in guttural utterances yeah we can, with we can grunt, back I mean, grunt back and forth back and forth across the, the circle of fire um but yes i him and some other people i've always spotted them with like little notebooks and like you speak finnish how do i say you know I mean? <laughs> and then he's like okay don't ever say this to anybody but you know and they're like writing yeah. it down phonetically to try and make interesting. it
1: interesting yeah i don't i don't really have that
0: have you have you been to uh, what stuff um where are you where are you from originally
1: I'm from Seattle.
0: From Seattle. So what's the farthest you've ever been from Seattle?
1: I've been to Melbourne, Australia.
0: Well, that's the other side. Okay, so you have been all around the globe. Yeah. Um, What took you to Melbourne?
1: Uh, parkour. Teaching parkour to people there.
0: Should have guessed that.
1: <laughs> it's pretty much why I travel for anything. Mm. Either that or a parkour person's wedding.
0: <laughs> no, parkour weddings are the best. I've been to one, two, two parkour weddings i think too yeah yeah and i you know my favorite part of the parkour wedding is the other side of the family going what what is what what's going on here what are these people doing they're like you can't have fun at a wedding what's the matter with you sir you shouldn't like yeah yeah people getting out giant major jenga sets and you know like should you people be on top of the swing set and all sorts of fun things it's beautiful yes i i think it is it is literally a celebration Mm -hmm. um What's one question, like a rhetorical question, like, you know, what is the meaning of life? What's, what's a rhetorical question that you wish everybody would spend time thinking about?
1: Well, I don't, I don't think I want to choose a rhetorical question. I want to choose a question that people actually want to answer mm-hmm. and I keep asking over and over again. And that would be, what am I doing right now? Or what could I be doing very soon to improve humanity yeah I dropped that on a class I covered uh in at the chain store in London mm. uh, to a bunch of adults and blew their minds they didn't have they didn't have any quick answers for me mm. uh, but again the inquiry is the is the point so
0: you know what my answer is
1: <laughs> what's that
0: we're doing it right now
1: I agree facilitate
0: I, conversation do you know I, my, do you know my definition here's a pop quiz if you li- see whether you've listened to enough episodes or not um, do you know <laughs> 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 she just nodded negatively, vigorously like, nope. Do you know what my definition of success is for the podcast? The audio part of the podcast. If don't. If, anybody, if one person, preferably more, but if one person who's listening after hearing the interview with the guest feels like they know them well enough that they can walk up to them and start a conversation and skip the, oh my God, I love you on Instagram. It's such a cool thing. And walk up to you and say, I heard you ask that question and I thought of X or Y. Hmm. So cool. that the benefactors would be the guests who would have more interesting conversations start and the people who would walk up to them. That's my definition of success. I don't know if it's ever happened yet. So I, I keep telling guests this so that I'm hoping someday somebody will like message me like,
1: oh my God, it finally happened. Somebody came up and said, I Yeah, I'll message you be, me. be like, Craig, people
0: won't stop talking to me and it's your fault. <laughs> oh, right. <Reggie. laughs> Did I mention I moved to Florida? I, I, live, in, I live in the panhandle of Florida now.
1: No, you don't, really? Is this, is this for real? <laughs>
0: this, is, this is misinformation. So okay. that when you come after me, I was like,
1: that sounds really not at like least something you be the doing. wrong
0: corner of the continental U S you yeah, no, I'm, I'm in Idaho. Don't underestimate me. Oh, no, I'm not underestimate. I'm just like, this way I can set you off in the wrong direction. Cause I think there is another version of, there's another Craig Constantino lives in Florida. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a doppelganger? Do you ever, do you ever like,
1: uh, I've been told over and over and over from people all over the place that. It, there are doppelgangers of me. I have not met any of those people. Hmm. I do have a twin. I have a twin brother.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: we're not that alike as far as M- the way we look. We are fraternal twins. We right, are yeah. fraternal. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, <what's... laughs> <Like parts laughs> is like, what? I was like, I thought of a really dumb joke. Like, what's the difference between? We're like, no, we don't need to do jokes. If, um. <laughs> what? What? I'm just laughing. You're at just you. laughing at I'm me. Laughing okay,
1: at fine. you, not with you. At you, definitely. Uh, yes,
0: definitely at me, right? Dance, monkey.
1: <laughs>
0: What's the? <laughs> so I've had lots of conversations with people, obviously, about parkour itself, and I'm wondering: Do you think that parkour is a unique thing? And maybe the first thing I should do is say, I actually think of parkour with a capital P as being the thing that David Bell does. And then little P parkour being the organic thing that we are all co-creating. So when I hear like parkour generations, I think of little P parkour. Mm. And when I say I do parkour, I mean little P parkour because I've never met David Bell and don't know what he does. So I don't feel qualified to say I do capital P parkour. But this is how my twisted brain works with language. Do you think little P parkour is a unique thing? Uh,
1: yes. So I, I believe that parkour, all of parkour is a unique thing. Big P, little P. Um, <laughs> and it's unique in that it has its own name. Uh, we have our own kind of cultures and, and techniques and, and community. Not to say that the techniques we're using are just, you know, exclusively just parkour techniques, you know, things like the step vault, or step through you're going to see in move Nadd as tripod and you're going to see it in Caboera. Um, you're going to see it all over the place because it's a human position that works really well to stay balanced and go places. Uh, but what makes parkour unique in my opinion is the way that we have built ourselves, uh, our own industry mm-hmm. and the way that we still have this ability to do our practice anywhere with nothing. Um, There are very few practices I can think of that can be done anywhere with nothing and then have that additional uh, community aspect where you can literally go anywhere in the world, find somebody through the internet, and they will take you in and show you around. Um, That's still pretty unique. Now, is it the only thing that's like that? No. It's almost like we're unique but not special. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But as far as the big P, little P, parkour uh, free running of displacements i i have opinions (laughs) i would love to see a new umbrella term uh, for what people are doing because uh, for my personal practice i really do value the the approach to parkour that is meant for application for the good of others and um, like the application for utility that's Mm -hmm. I'm not always practicing that way necessarily. And I, you know, I still play around and, and all these things. Um, but that to me is what parkour is, is, is training for utility. And I think everything else is valid. Um, I would just like to see, it's, it's a little bit of a mouthful, but I think looking at, all of these things as obstacle-based disciplines Mm -hmm. and then breaking out from there is, is what I would prefer. So under obstacle-based disciplines, you have parkour, you have free running, you have Ninja warrior, you have move net because all of them are involving, uh, these obstacles and you even have uh, what is it? Obstacle, obstacle course Course racing. racing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, which all of these things are pretty much blowing up in, in our, in societies right now. Everyone's like, Oh, that's really compelling. That's really awesome. Um, and we do have things like Ninja Warrior to thank for that. Mm-hmm. And I think also just the way that after enough time of civilization, I think people are starting to really feel that we're not moving enough mm-hmm. and notice that, gosh, I've, I see this on the TV and I feel something. I feel the, something that I want to try it. Um, and I think we get very, very, uh, but we get a, a tunnel visioned in parkour land to think that ours is the only thing that's going to do, the save transformative yeah, property, yeah, exactly, and really, that's just not true. It's just one aspect of using the environment, using the world to to do what we want to do for ourselves.
0: So, and so, you, I, this may sound disconnected to people who are listening, but you're you're known for. I'm going to say you distinguish teaching the students something versus creating um, an experience for the students, an experiential teaching pedagogy. Sorry about that. Um, and I, I'm wondering if you could, assuming that I'm right,
1: I, I would I would say you're right. Okay, so well, I would I would cha- I would yeah change add, it up. Fix yeah, I it. would cha- I would fix it in that. I want both to be together. I don't want to just teach people. I want them to be experiencing something because what is better than feeling like you did something? That's what what really impacts people and gives them something to remember. It's not oh I went in and that person showed me how to get over this wall. It's. I went in there. I was shown how to go over this wall, and then I got to do it, or I got to apply it somehow, or I got to put myself against a challenge involving this this skill. Uh, it has to it has to go together for me because I have no interest in just running a fitness class hmm. uh, for people or you know copy and paste. <laughs> uh, moves. That's a good
0: that's a good metaphor.
1: Yeah, it's no good for me. So I because also for me, like if I've been at this thirteen years, I don't want to get bored <laughs> if hmm. I go in and I just run the same thing over and over and over and I'm not actually responding to what's there and by what's there I mean who's there right. then I'm not doing my job and I'm not honoring my own experience if I'm not looking at these these uh, classes and workshops and you know events as I'm with these people yes it's a big group but every single one of that an pe- individual mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to speak to as best as possible all at once
0: how do you figure out, I wonder if we could play like five card poker while we were on the, um, <laughs> how, cause we're, just, we're like messing with cards on the tabletop here. How do you figure out what experience to create? Cause I have no clue how to do this, right? I'm just like, what, how do you figure out what experience to create for this student?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Well, there's a, there's a few things that have to go into that. And one of them is the fact that you can't create the best experience for everyone at the same time. You're just recognizing that. Whatever I've decided is going to work for some, but maybe not all. If it's a group of people that I expect to see uh, over and over, then I'm, I'm having the benefit of asking them the question of the day every single day. I, s- I mentioned before that I asked that group in London um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what they're doing to improve humanity. <laughs> I know, yeah. Because sometimes with kids, it's like, what's your favorite color? Or if you could have any magical creature that you could have as your companion, what would it be? So what I'm doing with that, Is, is, is a few things. First, I'm just giving them a voice in the session. We start right away. You're going to tell me your name. So I'm going to be able to remember your name and use it. That's a great way to have a good experience is having someone who cares about you enough to remember your name your name and to use it. Also, it's just more effective as an instructor. And then the question of the day, even if it's a very trivial question, is still going to tell me a lot of information about that person. Do they feel comfortable speaking in front of a group? Are they the person who wants to tell me the story for ages and ages? Do they feel severely uncomfortable in front of the group? Basically, by just asking a question and having everyone answer it in their own way, I've I've now created a a tiny dossier on that person. Mm. And that's information that I'm going to use subsequently in the session or future sessions or, or whatever. Now when it's something like a large group, like a hundred people for a warm up and I can't go around right. and ask everybody their name and and this, what I'm appealing to then instead is really just trying to build a sense of connection for people. I know that's what people really want and why they come to big events connection and connection with you, together or connection with
0: each other. With each or other.
1: With each other. Yeah. I mean, they, they end up feeling connected to me by the way I'm doing it and the way I'm presenting myself. But really it's whatever whatever tactics and techniques and and the, whatever tools I'm giving them in that, whether it's a game that's with a partner or we're all doing something together, it's really designed to get them a sense of not being alone in the endeavor. Because parkour is something that we definitely do alone, but we do it alone together. Yeah, so alone in
0: parallel, how I've uh-huh. heard it. Put.
1: Yeah, in parallel. Or so that's that's kind of what I'm aiming for with with those sort of sessions. Mm. And then also what I I also just choose what I want people to have. Like I just make goals for people. what I want them to leave with. So an example of that is um recently at the the rendezvous in London. I guess it was the 14th rendezvous or something.
0: I believe you are correct.
1: And I had on the Sunday, um after warm-up, I had the most experienced group, group five. And I knew it was going to be pissing rain <laughs> and we were out at this lovely park with trees and rocks and dirt, which is one of my favorite things of all time. And I'm thinking, you know, you know this whole time ahead. Oh gosh, what am I going to give these guys? They're like the most experienced group, self-selected as, you know, the best, the biggest jumpers. La la la. And they are. They really are. You know. And they spent this whole weekend being told to break jumps and doing sketchy climbs and doing feats of strength and honestly doing things that they're already really comfortable with. Sure, you're breaking that jump and it's scary, but you've broken a jump before. And so in a way, you're still in a place of comfort. So what I saw my role to be and what I decided as a goal for them was I saw my role to be, I want to make these guys and gals actually uncomfortable. I want them to actually have a challenge that's not like something they've seen before. That's not like something they're expecting or have done before because that's my job is to give them a challenge and to have them face something new in themselves and that's how i built my session it was it was what was going to be the most surprising and the most uncomfortable i could think of to have them do which ended up having them strip down to their skivvies and rub dirt all over themselves and run around barefoot and climb a tree like a really large slippery tree with their eyes closed <laughs>
0: That's pretty uncomfortable. It was so
1: uncomfortable for
0: them. The only thing that it you was really missed. Really comfortable for me. The only thing you missed was partner carries. Strip down your skivvies, cover yourselves in mud, and partner carries. Yeah, we that didn't.
1: We didn't do partner carries. I had them uh, do leaf catching. It's one of my favorite autumn uh, games. You go out into anywhere nice and just wait still until you see a leaf falling, and then you try your best to, to get it. there and catch it. So you have, you know, fifteen. Half naked parkour people covered in dirt, covered in dirt,
0: standing around,
1: run, standing around, and then running around, <laughs> grabbing for leaves. You know, and all these Londoners are walking through with their dogs and <laughs> trying to take pictures. And,
0: oh, that's good. You know, and
1: then you have again half naked humans on a more than half naked humans. Let's be honest, um, on a, a giant fallen tree, kind of slowly crawling with their eyes shut, looking really. I mean, they don't. They don't look like those majestic parkour experts
0: Mm -hmm. that they're at this Well,
1: they are yeah and that was the goal is to get us out of that that state and into one that is is going to actually elevate them
0: Hmm. give me another example of an experience you created like that and maybe one like that one's pretty gnarly like not Mm -hmm. gnarly like hey there's like laws about that but gnarly like okay you put them through some through some hurt um, but do you all, I'm guessing you also create experiences that are just like bonkers joyful or do you, are they always gnarly?
1: No, they're not always gnarly. And, and this is actually something that I've, I've come to really embrace in my own self as a, as an instructor is I, I just don't think we need to suffer all the time. Um, there's definitely times you need to suffer for training and like do the, the, the petty up the stairs backwards over and over. I, I actually quite love that kind of stuff and, and hard training and scary stuff and, and pitting yourself against it. But I also think that it's really important to recognize that there's an everyday practice as well and that suffering all the time is not sustainable uh, as a practice. It's great for testing and it's great for getting experience. So uh, if I was to do something more more casual or less gnarly, I'd have to say uh, the summer camp I ran last year, I ran a ninja summer camp. I called it Way of the Ninja. And I taught it, co-taught it with Evan Beyer. And
0: <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it was a
1: week, six hours a day for a week with a with, group of 20 kids.
0: With Evan and uh-huh. Brandy.
1: Yeah. How and did so, I
0: not get invited?
1: Because uh, it was a kid's oh, summer Oh, is, it, is there a
0: weight limit? i oh, sorry. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Although there have been adults since who have asked us to do it for them so maybe we'll when we well, we'll get there someday yeah and then just over camp with me and Evan <laughs> i to some raise hands over here great well uh, I'll, I'll I'll talk to him about that so yeah so in this camp basically what i what i started with was first of all what are the skills i want these kids to have that i'm probably sure they don't have okay oh things like knot tying and fort building when i got there and i asked them hey guys when's the last time you built a fort the majority of them couldn't remember or had never done it a fort, not even a blanket fort. Cause I asked, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, what about an inside fort? they just not doing that. Yes. And I wanted them to have uh, first aid skills. I wanted them to know how to respond to someone getting hurt and what to do with that. I wanted to teach them meditation skills. We did meditation every day. I started the first day with, I believe it was five minutes. I explained to them what meditation was uh, and various ways of meditation. Definitely as the, the, the week went on, they, they learned more about it than just sitting still. Uh, but you know, first day was five, next day was 10, 15, 20, and then even 25 minutes of meditation. And by the fifth day I was having kids come up to me and ask like, Hey, is it okay if I build, like work on my fort for meditation or Hey, is it okay if I keep working on this not thing that I'm making for my meditation? And I'm like, Yes, of course. Let me think about that. Yeah, oh yes. Yeah, you can absolutely go and do the things you need to do to to be quiet with yourself and and reflect. Um and gosh, yeah, we did. We did uh stealth mode and taught them how to camouflage and what what it's like to hide and uh it I mean, it was so fun because you have you have 20 kids. 22. And, mm, 22 children. Just Two of them happen to be
0: older Large, and right.
1: smarter maybe not smarter actually <laughs> that's, that's that's debatable um, and then having them just disappear into the woods like looking out and seeing just nothing
0: well, and then having back. them
1: kind of come out of the oh it was so exciting uh so yeah it was just it was just based on what i wanted them to have and my own desire as when i was a kid like what would i have loved yeah. what would i what would i what did i crave as a child and how do i give it to these kids hmm. so really it was just doing what i was doing as a kid just more more effectively and, and organized like it was really fun we taught them how to make uh ghillie suits and like <laughs> use ferns and tie them to their bodies i'll show you the picture at some points. it's really they're adorable
0: <laughs> so on your way over here today what were you thinking like i hope we managed to talk about dot dot dot
1: well, I was thinking you'd have some more pointed questions after having hounded me for four years to come sit here and speak to you through a microphone.
0: Oh, I didn't bring any pointy questions. Oh, all, many all, questions. all my instruments are blunt instruments, rusty instruments designed to inflict. No, get
1: to <laughs> Yeah, like the amputation spoon. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I stole that joke from Eric Jacino. Eric. Eric Jacino.
0: Uh. That's a good.
1: I don't think you caught this time around, but definitely should at some point.
0: That's a good. My amputation spork. Is it at least a spork? No. Otherwise, I would
1: say amputation spork, (laughs) Mister Language Guy. (laughs) Well, I again coming off of Art of Retreat, I do have to think of. The sessions that I that I ran, uh, one was a hands on session, and actually it was kind of funny because I was like, "Oh, hands on! I better teach massage." Ha ha ha! It actually went really well, uh, and that's the first time I taught a group uh, at massage. But my second session was I gave it some funky name like self-altruism, Altruism and parkour, and, and, and being useful. Uh, really, because <laughs> when I tend to make a uh, art of retreat presentations and such. I start with the description first, because otherwise I get in trouble for not submitting one. Yes. <laughs> so then I submit one, and then later figure out what, well, what that the means. session is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> so even up to I have to be honest, even up to, up to the uh, that that moment of teaching it. Heck, even starting the session, I I says to everyone, look, this is this is still a half baked
0: work in progress right? idea.
1: We're we're gonna do some baking here. I need you to help me. And essentially, what I brought to the table was that we, we as in a lot of parkour people, uh, community, maybe not so much the newer practitioners, have, for the most part, heard phrases like, be strong to be useful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that before?
0: At your fort per at your utile?
1: Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, oh, the original way. What the hell
0: does that mean?
1: Yeah, what exactly? What does it mean? And why do we keep saying it? And why do we keep saying it if um, maybe we're not doing it? Mm-hmm. And so we started with the the history of where that came from, talking about George herbert helping save seven hundred people during a volcanic eruption and how his method came out of that. And he says, he's like, look athleticism should be used for morality. If you're just doing sport for sport, there's there's, you know, that's not enough. You're not going far enough. And I've really taken to that that for me has is has always been very very true. So, so first we start with the question. What does it mean to be strong to be useful? What is strong? Strong physically, strong mentally, strong emotionally? Well, what is useful? Like, useful for you? Because we're really good. And this is why I said self-altruism. It's a little bit of a an oxymoron because altruism is meant to be for helping others. In fact, I personally define it as making other people's problems my problems. But we're really, really good at doing it for ourselves. We're really great at using parkour for uh, just to elevate our courage and our confidence and our, our physical health and our you know emotional health through our communities. And we're so, so, so good at applying it for us. but How often are we actually using any of this stuff for anyone else? And again, not saying that this is the one and only way to, to practice parkour. I mean, I'm not going to diminish anyone's version of it, but it is important to me that we, if we're going to keep saying it, we better take a look at what that is. And also I want to expand it further because be strong to be useful is great, but it's really, really narrow because you can also be educated to be useful or Uh, compassionate to be useful or aware to be useful or just present to be useful. Right. I mean, have you ever helped someone push their car when they broke down? Yeah, of course. Okay. So you're a couple of things strong and there. And most importantly, willing,
0: (laughs) willing (laughs) to be useful. Yes.
1: Because here's the, here's the deal is we have all these nifty skills. And there's a lot of needs that our skills can meet, but if you're not making the choice and using the will and the decision to do anything about it, well then, then you're just not. So yeah, the skill, skill and need met met with will was, was pretty much the the basis of this conversation. And then within that, I, I suggest that we choose communities that we care about outside of the parkour community to bring the benefits that we have found to them. Mm -hmm. Um, in this presentation I chose first responders, but it can be it can be anybody. It can be the homelessness populations or actually someone in, in the class has been, she's she's learning uh, sign language so that she can teach parkour classes for for hard of hearing and deaf mm. folks, which is really exciting and cool. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter who you're choosing, as long as in my opinion, you're choosing someone outside of you and and giving back a bit with that. And just looking at what that structure could be like. And then, along with that, taking a look at restructuring parkour instruction in general, because we're we know that if I practice parkour long enough, or free running, or whatever, I'm gonna get better at things. I'm gonna get stronger, better at jumping. Probably get more courageous, right? Be have a better sense of what I can do as far as my abilities. So it will happen over time. I will I will gain these benefits. But why wait? Why wait to see if someone sticks around long enough to gain the benefits of self-coaching or gain the knowledge of self-control through parkour techniques when I can actually just flip it around and build a whole curriculum and teach these cool moves and jumping and, and swinging from a basis of values and a basis of building ourselves up on purpose with the intent of transformation. So that's what I've been working on recently is just completely restructuring the way that I want to uh, have myself and coaches at Parkour Visions look at even things like an hour-long after-school class. Uh, you know, can, I take, can I take a 12-week hour-long after-school class and teach the kids about themselves and about the world and still make sure that they have enough fun in jumping? That's, that's the challenge. So I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what's, what's coming, actually that one tool to rule them all it's gonna be very amazing
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. has there anyone has how about some english grammar has there been anyone in particular that you can point to as a an influence on your coaching style oprah (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna actually think that's a serious answer and then i'm gonna say okay so what about oprah's and i have like i don't want to well, unpack it too. Like what about Oprah's personal style or well, her vision? Or I didn't realize it until actually
1: rather recently when I had a I gave myself a month of using only Oprah gifts for responding to people.
0: Oh, wait, run that by me again? Only Oprah Only gift?
1: only Oprah gifts. I don't remember why. I just decided I was like, there are so many like you know, like gifts, like mm-hmm. Gifs? No, no one calls them. Sorry, so someone said gifs and it's
0: not good. Oh, okay. Because I was GIF. like, whew, whatever. I'm like, I thought you said gifts. No, and I'm but like, I mean, that's
1: part of what it is. He so was like, you get compassion and you, you get transformation get it, and you I get guess, this. Sorry, but I'm, what I mean is like, I'm you know, the, the, the meme, guy. the meme, like, yes, you know, someone yes, yes, texts yes, yes, yes. me and I have a response
0: and it's always an. And I chosen
1: yeah, because there's so many and she's so expressive. Yes. And then as I was going through, I was realizing, oh my gosh, because I used to watch Oprah all the time as a kid, mm. like religiously. I was like, my goodness. I think I just straight up stole Oprah's mannerisms in some ways. <laughs> uh, Cause you know, she'd always stand out there and be really excited in front of people and give them the kind of intro to the thing and then talk and lean in when she's listening to people and feel okay about crying in front of the whole nation, nation slash right world. Now. And just everything that Oprah embodied in her show, Again, I realized this really, really recent. I was like, "Yep, Oprah one of my main inspirations mm. for sure," uh, and it's definitely come out in my in my coaching style.
0: Mm. What do you What do you do? So I'm I'm gonna guess since you are not an ongoing all the time extrovert that you get dark moods that you're like, I do not want to leave the happy cave, you know, today and. <laughs> I don't necessarily want, we don't necessarily have to go into the unhappy cave, but I'm wondering what are some things that seem to always help you, um, like turn the corner? So like for me, it's, I know if I go for a walk, that's almost, but not always, almost always enough to make it so that I can go back into the cave of ugliness and like get back to work kind of thing. Um, so what are some things that, you know, will help you turn that corner or brighten you up or energize you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Cause uh, I do get very dark moods and Pretty often, actually, because uh, w- with compassion comes uh, the pain of caring so much
0: mm.
1: about all these people and all this situation that it, just, it feels very futile a lot of times. Like, what can I do to change this? So, yeah, I get there. And I have a few tactics. Uh, I, I basically build protocols for myself for when I get in those in those moods. So one of the first things I go to is my self-esteem box. <laughs> And my self-esteem box like good idea. is is digital. It's a digital self-esteem box. And what I have done is I have taken screenshots and copy pasted and uh, just, just dumped in all kinds of like nice things that people have said either to me or about me over the years. So I have this file that is just full of gratitude and, and compliments and just stuff that I have had to read over and over and over in order to actually believe it so that's that's like the last that's actually more like last resort is the self-esteem box so if nothing else works open the self-esteem box look of emergency, through here in uh-huh. break glass
0: right <laughs>
1: totally totally uh, so that's that's something and I think everyone could, could and should do that I guess I've never really told anyone that, about that <laughs> But it's, it's a nice thing. That's to a
0: really, I think that's a really good tactic. I'm, people talk about doing gratitude journaling, but the gratitude journaling, you know, I, mean, I, know, I know that you know what it is, mm-hmm. but gratitude journaling is a process which you have to execute on the spot when you feel like you're already in a bad mood. But the idea of having uh, a self-esteem box is a clever one. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> what else might you go to before you break the glass on that one?
1: Yeah, so I also will do a walk. I have to be outside. So, like, if I have a day off or something, I say, okay, you have to be outside and take at least a walk, and that can be up the street and back down. It doesn't have to. I don't have to put a, a limit on that because the point is to just do the one thing, one thing, and then do the next one thing. I watch my own parkour videos a lot of times. That's actually because the reason I make parkour videos in the first place on my YouTube was is a journal for myself. And so, actually, I find myself, uh, especially in the nighttime, where I'm just like really down. I'm just like, ah, oh, I can't. I'm not doing anything. I'm not getting any better. I'm just terrible. Like, why do people trust me to be like a leader? And yeah, he's rolling his eyes you in case are you too didn't tell. humble, right? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm just. This is how my brain chemistry works, right? Uh, so yeah, I go back and I watch my videos, and uh, there's one that I made specifically for this purpose. It's the one. It's called Opportunity Trees, and it's I think my only video that I've made where I actually like planned the routes and kind of planned the scenes and I kind of put it together. A lot of the rest of them are just clips that are that are together. But I made it to remind me that what it feels like to be in summertime, like happiness, mm-hmm. full energy loving life and loving the world so that's i'll I'll go and watch that one for sure
0: we'll link this stuff all up in the show notes so people can find it pretty quickly um (laughs) anything else that you go to uh
1: well now um, i guess this this is still relatively new i guess it's like last nine months i uh i just talked to elizabeth my my girlfriend
0: go-to soulmate
1: yeah she's amazing she will not let me weigh myself down she just refuses someone asked me the other day I was uh, supporting somebody who reached out to me at the retreat and I was talking about you know what would be good is finding someone who is just relentlessly optimistic (laughs) 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 yeah and it can be hard too because that's a lot of energy and and boisterousness
0: (laughs) However, I noticed that, yes. Yeah, so. yeah, and that's what I was asked.
1: It's like, well, aren't you afraid you're going to bring her down? I was like, no. Good she's luck like, with that. Exactly. Like, <laughs> way too stubborn for that. Like, she's, she won't even let me bring her down and warm myself down. So, that is also a, a really lovely, lovely uh, aspect to my life now. I haven't mm-hmm. had to look at my self esteem box for nine months. <laughs> um,
0: terrific. Do, um, What's, what's something that you have, I, I was going to say, what's something you have always wanted to do, but that's like way hard, but what's something that comes to mind when I ask you, what, what do you want to do? You know, like some people want to climb a mountain, Some people want to like affect the change in the world. And I'm guessing you're probably going to go there, but like, what's something that you really want to do? Like, like next year, like something
1: next year. Well, I always want to go in new places and teach in new communities. Mm. Um, next year. Well, that that gets a little too close to make me a smart goal, Craig. Because what I was going to say first was uh, uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> My eyes are crossed and like, a, oh, I, uh, please. I want to okay, write eight, and publish eighteen months novels. Ooh. I, uh, I, can you like let a little bit more out? of the Fiction, nonfiction,
1: uh, fictional future history.
0: Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> can you let slip a teaser of a storyline, or you haven't got that far?
1: Oh, I've gotten so far and then stopped, and then far. I mean, there's things I've been working on for 15 years at this point.
0: Oh, this process that, needs uh, to be expedited. Yeah, um, exactly. Do you like, feel like sharing any of any of the stories? That you don't have to. I mean, like some people write just for themselves, but
1: well, that's the, that's the goal. Is I, I have a goal to share eventually the the stories. They just are not complete or in a place to to do that yet. And I have over time too. If you if anyone wants to get really silly and see what teenage brandy used to write like oh my gosh it's it's cringy it's so cringy but it's still on the internet yeah Mm. still out there i think my name is still monkey monkey moves is my handle across the the whole internet so if you just look up monkey moves and like writing or fiction press or whatever there are some like (laughs) vampire melissa is
0: typing frantically uh, (laughs) we may have a zombie stories
1: out there um because i was using it as coping when i was a teenager
0: Find me something about 300 to, words. You're
1: <laughs> right. 300 words. I also, yeah, it's it's cringy. But there's lot, some poetry in there too, probably. And...
0: Oh, right. I, so one of the downsides of not working from notes is that I can't even have a bullet list to work from. And I wanted to ask about what is it about poetry that draws you in? Like, is it is it the form? Is it the, like normal pro like i mean, i actually think prose might be more restrictive than poetry but like i'm just like what is it about like why, why, why poetry
1: well honestly i don't know uh, a lot of times my prose are more like poetry and my poetry is more like prose um so it's really <laughs> Prose
0: trees, pros pros trees.
1: yeah um i don't know i just know that when i have really big thoughts or feel overwhelmed or have something to to extract from my brain. It just comes out and a lot of times will have a cadence and Mm. has a particular uh, visual buildup around what's happening. Uh, Also just a lot of the things I write down, I write as if they were being spoken. Mm. And a lot of that too is like, there's a sense something sensory, like the way it sounds or the way it feels to say the thing.
0: Like the, I think it's a Carl Sagan quote which I can only paraphrase, which is something that the effect of human beings can work magic. And he's basically talking about books and writing, how Mm -hmm. somebody who's long dead can create a specific thought in my mind, just by me moving these gelatinous orbs over these inks stained on trees and, um, and how we still call books, books have leaves and there's a whole bunch of like things about it's still a tree, even after we've reduced it to pulp um i was just curious about poetry um not that i want to say you know dance monkey but like do you happen to have any poetry that you can recite with the top of your head uh if you want me to take four minutes i do <laughs> um we can take a silence pause which will get deleted out of the finished thing but yeah if you want to whip one out
1: okay but it lasts like four minutes
0: oh if you can recite a four-minute poem off the top of your head that would be awesome <laughs>
1: Um. So, beca- I'm gonna, I'm gonna recite the poem. I am gonna pull it up too, just because. Uh, I, I didn't usually when I know I'm gonna recite it, I'm, I run it through a couple times, in my
0: brain. How did you not expect me to go here?
1: I don't know. Did you really
0: not expect me to go to the poetry thing?
1: <laughs> yes, I didn't think about it. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. did oh, we me. get to the good stuff? Because I don't think of myself as a poet among the things. I mean, I, I am, I but it. that I didn't realize it. That's, yes. that's, that's how you get really,
0: really creative. <sighs> Okay. I figure I only get one chance at doing an interview. You're never going to talk to me again, so you <laughs> got to do all this stuff. No,
1: I have to get back at you and body check you. Uh, we have to have a body check I didn't make that much of
0: a thing out of it, but you really did surprise the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. I'm pretty tough. I know. It's
0: always a good sign. Like when people get physical, So, like I got a flying body check with no warning.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to try this without having uh, For the
0: first time uh, ever in history.
1: Yeah, right. No, people have heard this. I, I wrote this uh, a few years thousands ago. Thousands of
0: people have heard this before.
1: Not thousands of people. Okay. No way. No, maybe maybe a total of 30 people have heard this before. Well,
0: you're about to maybe. deliver a poem to more than 30 people. But go for it. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, this is. It's called On Growing Wings. First of all, it really itches all the time, very deep. It's too gruesome to try and scratch. It's like inside and around the spine, this sharp electric type of itching that nothing but patience ever relieves. And then there's inflammation. Um, I, oh, dang it. I got to start ah! It's so hard because you guys are just staring at me.
0: I, I, I'll freaking leave the room if you would like me to. No, no, no.
1: I, can, I can do this. I'm just like, no. I want to point out that
0: she wasn't she wasn't reading off her phone. She (laughs) she just like cold delivered that, and you're only getting half of it by listening to it because
1: normally I stand up.
0: Oh, but then you have to pick the mic up up. (laughs) because. Brandy showed up. (laughs) I'm here. It's
1: good. I just need more more like arm movement.
0: Take some of the take some of the loops off of there.
1: Okay, okay. On growing wings. First of all, it really itches all the time, very deep, where it'd be too gruesome to try and scratch. It's like inside of the spine, an acute electric kind of itching that nothing but patience ever relieves. Then there's inflammation. Everything's surrounding the scapulae tight and hot and angry. Sometimes it's only one. The other side just hanging around, aching dully, but mostly they flare simultaneously, creating dread with every arm movement, always expecting the sharp, dense pain that will cause you to catch your breath. And this goes on for weeks. Then it's almost like the itching begins to float up through the layers of soft tissue, broadening as it becomes increasingly subdermal, but then just pinpointing one day on the back of each scapula, right there in the surface. And this, you scratch. It itches so fiercely, you wear your roughest shirts, knowing you'll lean on the walls, trying to create enough friction between you and them to chase the irritation away. You'll discover yourself reaching over your shoulders, as far back as you can, scratching, rubbing, and tenderly palpating your changing tissues. You're shifting. Your bones are growing longer, more dense, preparing to hold great weight. Growing wings. And just when you're ready to lose it from the frustration of the itching, the skin breaks, and it's ugly. A hundred-hundred hairline fissures in your largest defensive organ. Your back feels heavier, fuller, skin raw and wet. Growing wings and all you have to show for it are your strangely larger scapulae and a prickly, weepy rash. It's all the time and all you can do is wait. But you can feel the shadow of where your wings will be. Like your nervous system has already laid the groundwork and is trying to link with points that just aren't there yet. Soon, but until then, the tingly, fiery, mean itchiness drags on. Some days are easier than other days, but it's always strange. Sometimes awful and occasionally excruciating. And then the fever. Night sweats. Terror dreams. Nightmares that your wings will never grow, that if they do, they won't be able to hold you. Your whole body hurts with fever, and your mind with your aching heart. When will they be here? Will they be here? You writhe, drifting in and out of agony for days, and then finally falling into a deep, still sleep. And when you wake... The rash has subsided and you have downy soft feathers or rougher leathery skin if those are your type of wings. And somewhere in there you got your new bones and muscles. They're so unusual, undersized and unsure, all twitchy and weak, but you can control them. Stretch them, flex them, reach them out. You can even see them just by looking over your shoulder. Your funny baby wings. They do ache still and they won't so much as slow you down in a fall, but you can feel them growing. So you care for them gently, stretching, massaging, and moving them daily. You stand in front of the mirror, taking, taking extra time, twisting and torquing, trying to get a better view. Uh, you get new sensations from them. Temperature, pressure, the direction the air moves around you as you walk. They're almost like antennae, how you start to feel the frequencies of people's emotions through your wings. Oh, you're feeling more because you are more. It's not like they're just stuck on there. They are you. Brand new, super sensitive, someday crazy, powerful limbs. Wings. But it's still awkward. Not everyone has seen someone growing wings, and people misunderstand uh, being uncomfortable when you're near or just judging you. And not only that, little baby wings get really cold very easily, so all winter you're just this strange golem huddling under a coat. Some people point, others stare, still others just ask what's wrong with you. And with enough practice of patience, you just shrug your little wings, saying, I'm growing something awesome, thanks for noticing. And then you do. More weeks and months and... Maybe years and maybe years, and all those people who have grown used to your new stature and you've honed the abilities to sense and feel and stretch and flap your wings are fully grown. You can envelop yourself with them, warm and shielded. You can expand them to reach around others, many others, way more than your arms could ever hold. you figured out how to dress around them, how to sleep without going numb. They're fully grown, and honestly, having these awesome wings makes all that suffering all right you have everything you need now to continue on now it's time to learn flight that's where i would drop the mic only it's expensive <laughs>
0: I, I have spares you can drop one um yeah that was so a, yeah a chill iteration yes
1: mm. yeah there you go <laughs> there's more What's this one what <laughs> Oh, uh, Craig had to drop the mic for, for me because I couldn't, I couldn't bear doing it.
0: <laughs> it makes um, marks in the table. That's yeah,
1: how it is. Yeah. I prefer to have, you know, when I, when you, I write them. When and did you write that? I wrote that uh, five or six years ago. I was in, I was just graduating massage school and uh, there was a lot of other things going on at the time. So that's sort of what was inspiring as far as the, the physical aspects of, of that, that piece. Thinking about the scapula and the, you know, the way skin is. Right. And really, it was just—it's just representative of of growth, um, a, a, a growth into the next thing and into you know embracing. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to actually pinpoint exactly why I wrote that. I just knew that I wanted to share something with my cohort at the end, and had gone through a lot myself that year. So,
0: I think it's pretty terrific. You
1: know why? Thank you.
0: Put that one in your. Self-esteem box. Well, I think that's pretty terrific.
1: <laughs> I'll do that once. Once this podcast comes out, I'll snip, snip that
0: little bit out of there. We could take the whole thing and the self-esteem box. I think the whole thing's gonna be a <laughs> celebration of Brandy. um I want to be mindful of your time, and we are uh, an hour and like twenty minutes in. So when things, chill. yeah. um Now that I'm not doing poetry
1: anymore, I feel fine. Yeah,
0: I mean, what I really want to do is say let's end there, but there's much more that we could talk about. I'm sure. like there's no pressure now to come up with a good next question after (laughs) i ask about poetry and we get we get a tour de force the first time that you read it through and people only heard the second time but the first time you read it through it was actually a presentation like you you have a way um uh, it's audio kids you missed it the the, you know like every single phrase of there she had a um, a physical presentation, a physical manifestation. And, um, I think it actually made more sense. I believe it would probably make more sense having seen you deliver the poetry. Have you ever done that, um, at an open mic night or in public or you just, do yeah,
1: I've done that one a couple times at open mic, probably three times up to now, uh, shared once as well at a, uh, a friend's house. We were, we just ended up having a poetry share mm. and I kind of threw down but yeah, really. Did when everybody I, go home
0: crying after you did that?
1: <laughs> I mean, everyone had something really amazing to share that night. Um, so, so no. no. That's my. I mean, thank you. That's very kind. You're very welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I when I write these things, I actually don't write them down first. I write them in my head, and I I write them and I recite them, and then only once I have it complete do I actually write it down somewhere
0: just to capture it yeah um do you uh I, you know i know i can spell the word poetry that's mm. the limit of my knowledge of poetry and i'm just wondering have you did you like study any poetry or are there particular other poets that you read that inspired you or is just this is just the way it comes out Yeah,
1: this is just how it is i i can't pinpoint any inspirations i'm sure there were um, um, enough. The first, I'm like, what name can I think of? Sylvia Plath. I mean, that's a name that comes up. That's a, She's a poet, right?
0: I, I I think so. I believe so.
1: <laughs> yeah. pretty badass, but I can't remember exactly what, what, what <laughs> I
0: was wondering was if you, <laughs> so when you have the idea in your head and you're like toying with it, are you, um, are you standing in, like, do you stand around and, like, play with all, all the mediums, the vocal medium, the body language, a, as you're, like, composing it? Or, you know, do you sit in, like, a Zen state and, and, like, in your mind, do you imagine embodying the poetry?
1: I'm almost always moving when I'm doing it on a walk or uh, cleaning or doing something with my hands. Hmm. Yeah, I don't really do it inside my head unless it's too awkward to be mumbling to myself.
0: <laughs> 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 on mass transit I'm which it I'm does get, it does. <laughs>
1: yeah i did something similar for a friend's wedding i officiated and i just came up with a whole thing just for them in the same way where mm. i was just on the plane ride just mumbling to myself over and over and over trying to get it down mm. um still haven't written it down
0: which i really should because yes. they asked me to do that that's <laughs> where you forget it exactly um Okay, so so far we've like discovered that you're a closet novelist and <laughs> a, I'm going to say accomplished poet. Um, what do you, um, all right, this is a pretty well rounded skill set you've got here. And I, I'm just wondering do you think that other people focus too much on parkour and instead they should? I don't want to say everybody should go become poets, although that might be a really good thing. I'm just wondering if you think that people focus too much on one thing, but whether it be parkour or not.
1: I think in general, people don't expand themselves far enough um, or don't give themselves enough credit to learn more things. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with specializing or focusing really intensely on on something. Uh, honestly, if I hadn't been in parkour, I'd be uh, in the circus. I'd probably be, you know, just focusing on juggling and just that. Um, actually, probably not at this point. I probably would have grown out of that. I I just can't. I just can't stick with one thing for me personally because I know I'm trying to. Well, on one hand, gather more experiences to write better stories. I don't want to just pull everything out of just the the ether. I want to have had experiences that I can write about honestly and, and bring that into what I, what I want to create. So I do encourage people to do all kinds of different things. And I would say that one of the best things they should, they can do is find something that is uncharacteristic for themselves. Like what is the thing I would never do? Uh, let's actually see something that I personally would not do that. I probably will then have to, since I've said it now. Um, well, I did a painting. Okay. Here's, here's a one where I didn't, I didn't want to. And I just kind of stuck around. There was a, a Bob Ross and beers.
0: <laughs> I didn't
1: have the beers, but, uh, exactly like sitting down and this, this lovely lady, um, from a little art studio came in. Uh, it was actually a CrossFit gym. They have little, uh, social endeavors. She brought all the stuff and I was kind of hemming and hawing. I was like, oh, okay. And sit down and, and get guided through this, uh, this painting process and just hating it the whole time. Just, just really unhappy with what I was doing and what it looked like. And I was like, my clouds are like, they're so, they look like poop. And
0: <laughs> it's supposed to be white. You know, that, like right? my
1: mountain is just like not um, convincing. And then, uh, yeah, going through this process of this, this little class and then having this thing at the end of it and actually like letting it there to dry, coming back and a week later and looking at it and thinking, actually that's really cool and not only was it like okay not an awful product it also it it hasn't kept up because i haven't kept up the practice of painting but for about two weeks after this circumstance i started seeing things in the world and thinking how would i paint that Mm. or like seeing oh that's cool i could i could paint that or knowing that i could like oh there's those trees oh it, it, it was funny because the scene involves snow on trees and it doesn't snow very often in Seattle, but about a week later it did snow in Seattle. And so my brain was just on fire. Like, wow, I could paint all of this now or at least try. Um, so that's really what I mean when I think people don't give themselves enough credit or need or should to take a look at what would be really uncharacteristic and then just go for it. Don't have to commit to anything more than just once mm-hmm. just to see what happens because even, or maybe especially in things like uh, frustration and Lack of motivation is where you can find a lot of resilience uh, for future endeavors. <laughs> mm. Yeah, what's what really if, uncharacteristic for you, Craig? What would you not do? Um, what would you not
0: try, like, mm, on reflex? On reflex, yeah. Uh, you'd be like, nah. Uh, okay, to answer the question honestly, what wouldn't I try on reflex? Um, let's see. Stereotypical things would be like shit that's really dangerous just because at this point I really value life in general and I yeah. really like mine. Um, but that's like too easy of an answer. Um, I don't know. What wouldn't I try?
1: Uh, yeah. Or what, what would you, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm it's actually, hard. It's,
1: it's a hard question. Uh, to think yeah. About. I'm trying it's to think important. of something. I'm
0: peeking over my shoulder trying to look for blind spots. So, I've never really driven like really high speed automobiles, but that's kind of like a stereotypical guy thing to say. That would be fun to do. Um, I've done like so much stuff. I don't mean to be like.
1: Yeah, no, I I see you, you know, searching in your your brains for, uh, for something. You know, I try to think of things that I would consider boring (laughs) or uh, outside of my skill range or, um just intimidating from well okay so there. Like,
0: like those kinds of things would believe it or not it's actually physical challenges like slack i mean like i've stood on a floor slack line and just done some basic traverses and like a squat or two but like like all right go learn a flip on a squat line or do like a body flop to back standing like those kind of like oh my god that would take me months of messing around to do that um so there's a couple of physical challenges like that um and,
1: but, that's, but that's still, yeah. Again, that's still in the realm yeah, of something realm that you're, of, like, you're going to quickly. Right. Exactly. Like, the, you're thinking, you're Q-M thinking M-M in your body, right. which you're but used I'm to like, thinking in your body. So, like, but I've done would you so
0: much see. mental stuff too? Trying uh, I'm trying to
1: think, trying to think of something that I, I don't would know, really, know what
0: comes from the peanut gallery. Uh, this is um, interesting.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, what about what about? Uh, it's, it's still physical, but like certain martial training, like go into a range and
0: shooting rifles or
1: something.
0: That, yeah. Um, oh. handguns, rifles, I'm yeah. from Pennsylvania. I know that's
1: <laughs> right. I forget. I was like Pennsylvania. No, <laughs> you did it. I just don't know if that got
0: you. No, uh, that's fine. Um,
1: um how about, yeah, that, I don't know. I
0: don't know. Like hot air. I haven't ever been skydiving. That's one thing I've never done. That would be like a, do we really need to get out? I mean like,
1: what about like ballroom dancing?
0: Um, I have done, ooh, that's a good one. So I have done a tiny little bit of ballroom dancing, um, at, Actually, at Girl and at out of retreat, and oddly enough, that's something There's
1: that I can do.
0: Uh, well, no, but like, but I've never done enough of it to say that I have actually done it. I've done like a few minutes of it here and there, um, and that oddly was something that Tracy and I, my wife Tracy and I, have been talking about. Ooh. 20 years ago maybe more Um, back when we used to do the wedding circuit (laughs) so like we used to always you know we'd go to everybody's weddings there's like a whole season of going to people's weddings sure and then you're supposed to dance and like both of us just still the high school still do the high school two steps away (laughs) that's like as far as we ever (laughs) got
1: we didn't go to high school together but like that
0: was that was our dancing education was high school based so we had always talked about trying to find someone to do ballroom dancing lessons and that's something we never did Um, so that that would be one thing because I'm I, I have problems with like negative body image so like like the whole idea of like being well, on can the you, dance
1: floor. Can, you tell, can I tell you the first thing I thought of that I thought was maybe not the best to say, but it would be like, like, sexy stripping dancing, <laughs> like pole dancing, Craig? Like, that would be so that, like, that would be so... that's in the realm I'm talking about,
0: yeah. That like, would definitely that's like skip deer skitties, take cover in mud, and climb a pole tree. dancing yeah, class, I'll Craig. Take a pole dancing class, take I a pole dancing class, I'd pull a pole down,
1: <laughs> yeah. See, this is it. You're already making excuses, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs>
0: All right, that's a good one. Challenge not accepted, but yes, that's a good one.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> glad we arrived there.
0: Yeah, that's that's a blind spot. Um,
1: yeah, or an aerials class or something where where you're where see, it's t- a, more aerials, usually more sexy. No, it, it, would
0: have to, it would have to be it would have to be the sexy or the scantily clad. That's definitely the dark place. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like like I mean, there, me
1: too. That's part of why I thought it was like aer- I don't want to take a point.
0: Yeah, aerial <laughs> aerial silks or something. And actually, now that I think of it. One of the most awkward things was to sit through a burlesque show, mm. and like for the first twenty minutes of it was like really awkward. And then I'm just like, actually, what what fixed the problem was that it was amazing what they were doing. So this was a, um, a, a Cirque du Soleil, sorry, brain slip, a Cirque du Soleil burlesque show in Las Vegas. And yeah, I mean, the show went from, oh my God, are they going to, oh my God, they're out. Oh my God. Like it was just, (laughs) I didn't have enough. I mean, all the the sailors were out of exclamations and it was an amazing, unbelievable demonstration. Um, I always say that like the most amazing physical feat I have ever seen. And I've seen a few was a woman who came out actually dressed with a stack of like 50 hula hoops. She laid them on the stage, stepped into the center of them. They lowered a single like hand loop. She grabbed the hand loop, picked up all of these with one foot. So she's got like 50 or 30 hula hoops on one leg. And you were thinking, is she going to? Yes, indeed. They hoisted her above the stage, no crash net, no wires. And she proceeded to hula get them all going on her leg, then move them one by one to every piece of her body that she could swing until she did all of them at the same time, in every <laughs> direction, hanging by one arm. And, and it was like, that was the, that's the most amazing physical feat I've ever seen. I don't know how that's even humanly possible because you're not even standing on the ground. It's open, it's what's called open chain and movement. You're hanging. Yeah. So every motion has to be countered by another. I was just like, you can tell I was kind of impressed. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, uh, I have not actually gotten to see any Cirque shows yet. <clears throat> but I'm sure that whenever I do, I'm going to have to bring like extra clothing just because I'm so excited. I, <laughs> I, here's, a,
0: here's a fun one. I The, <laughs> totally. the Cirque, de, Cirque de Soleil O show, which is the original water show, I sprung for tickets we were there and sat in the center of the front row got Ugh. splashed and then danced on stage with the clowns
1: yeah and honestly i mean that's that's kind of the direction i was going with juggling before yeah, like, i stopped juggling
0: nearly as yeah like, uh, the um, elite yep juggling um Juggler. i don't know if i want to ask you to juggle microphones
1: <laughs> no nah. i have it trying with the cards it was very difficult
0: okay here we go oh, my
1: hands are too
0: sticky that's awesome that's amazing <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so amazing. <laughs> it was a sight gang.
0: You missed it. Um, all right, so I, I'm I'm like feeling okay. That was impressive.
1: Oh, well, it's one of my dexterity drills I've been doing, which is like here, 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 and then back. I do dexterity drills. So this is this is one of the cool things about the way my brain works too. Is when I start something new, I just make. All kinds of drills for myself because mm. I know how to learn and I know um, how to teach myself.
0: Pull it toward you. Uh,
1: which is just Thank you. should I be? T- should this be touching my lips? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I just didn't. You like well, suddenly had to come in and like hunker down and struggle to be near it. I'm like, um, bring bring your friend. The microphone is your friend. Bring it towards you. Yeah, embrace your friend.
1: Well, what I'm saying is, in my endeavor to become a card ninja, I've I've developed uh, drills, dexterity drills that. I'm like, hmm, what do I want to be able to do? Oh,
0: yeah. Quick, press pause, get a deck of cards, and then try the following. Dexterity drills? Dexterity drills. People no. listening, press I'm trying, pause. Oh,
1: I'm trying to... Oh, I'm telling them.
0: Yeah. So people, press pause, get a deck of cards, come back, and oh now that gosh. you're back, okay. what were you just doing?
1: Okay. What, oh my, what God, you're trying to hard. do is you start with the <laughs> card uh, between your thumb and your middle finger. And the card is, you just get one, One. Uh, <laughs> he's losing you put your index finger on a corner. So there's a corner facing you. I like to use the short edge corner and not have it long ways. Mm. You're going to flick it up. You want it to, to go vertically and stay in the same plane. And then you're going to try to catch it between your pointer finger and your middle finger. You'll then try to throw it up between those and then catch it between your middle finger and your ring finger. Up again between your ring finger and your pinky finger, and then go back all the way until you can get it back between your thumb. So this and is your unpalmed
0: palm down.
1: It's on palm down. So yes. funny
0: games if somebody ends yeah, up in because a cone. I, I was
1: thinking, like, what well, a card ninja would definitely be able to catch and throw cards from, from between any fingers, not just
0: right, here, the not same, just the, ones. the main ones.
1: Yeah. That was good, Craig. That was Holy great. shit. First
0: it. try. Pardon my French. But now, how do you? Oh my God, throwing it the first catch is possible.
1: Um, I, I do have a, so I have a couple secret Instagrams. Holy,
0: She just did it. Like,
1: yeah, I have a couple secret Instagrams where I, uh, I journal my training. So this is, this, I've just basically, I was like, Hey, I know I'm going to take videos and photos of stuff, but I cannot keep it all on my phone. Let me just use the, uh, (laughs) the servers online to hold these things. So, um, I do have a card ninja, uh, Instagram where this, this is up there. Wow. The result of trying this over and over. That's
0: going to, that's going to drive me bonkers playing with that.
1: Yeah, another another one. If you have a whole deck of cards, is actually you're just trying to hold the whole deck um, from between the the long edges, so the, the deck is is vertical, and you see how you can hold it between your first finger and your middle finger, and then between your middle finger and your ring finger, and then eventually between your ring finger and your pinky finger. And I still can't hold the whole deck like that, but because it's like quite quite a stretch. And it's really just for stretching and strength. Yeah, you have. That's nice, Craig. You did it. You did <laughs> but For have, me, it's very, very
0: difficult. I have dinner plates for hands.
1: <laughs> Your hands are larger than mine. <laughs> that, that, that is true. Um, however, definitely my, Sorry, my, so cold. my reach has gotten further just in the six months I've been trying this stuff. Huh. For almost six months. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: Disqualified.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, this is a uh, fun, fun drills. And it's, it, you know, it just makes my brain happy.
0: Yeah. And I think this speaks to your, uh, a source of your creativity, this huge range of like, like she's doing the thing with the card ninja flick and, and actually, I mean, half the time it's just a giant mess, but sometimes she flips it. It's like, up, 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 down yeah. to the last one.
1: It's just a bit awkward in this situation too. Mm.
0: Yeah. Ow, my eye. So be, like I said before being mindful of our time, um, there, it. <laughs> this, is know, awesome. this is, this for those is awesome. This card's This is awesome. And if everyone. you can't see this at home, I'm not sorry because it's a podcast. Um, so I don't. So there. Not, <laughs> so sorry, the not news, sorry. That's what you signed up for was earbuds. What do you think was going to happen? The cards going to come at you. <laughs> yes. All right. He's waited four years for this. <laughs> i did i really did I, I really don't want it to end it's like it's like the first date i'm like well maybe we could go and have a milkshake afterwards i know what we can do let's go for sushi let's eat okay so before you're allowed to have your sushi mm-hmm. there's a final question which is three words to describe your practice
1: why didn't I prepare for this exam? <laughs> I knew this was going to be a thing. I know.
0: It's not supposed to be a total. Pfft, yeah. You can some Three people words. like to talk their way into it. Like oh, it'd be something related to him. Um,
1: well, first I was going to say eternal, but eternal can only be as long as I last. Uh, I don't see my practice ending any time for any reason. um, I need some more moments. <laughs> I need some more moments. Okay, what is my practice in three
0: words? Thinking time is free.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, my practice is is creative. I have a very creative practice.
0: I would agree, <laughs> yes.
1: And applicable. Yeah, I don't practice if I'm not going to use it. If I'm not using something, I stop doing it. <laughs> Actually, I might go in. It'd be interesting to apply my other. So I have some other ideas. I do a lot of things. Obviously, we've we've discussed this. And one of those things is uh, make clothing for myself Mm -hmm. and alter clothing. But the order, the order of what needs to happen is comfort utility style in that order. So that can also be the same for my practice as a comfort utility style.
0: I think It's actually that's
1: pretty a, good. Pretty I never good. thought yeah, of using i using it like, for that, but that's, that's just how that I do.
0: <laughs> all right, is that your final answer?
1: Yes. Comfort, utility,
0: style. <laughs> Off the charts. Um, Brandy, in all seriousness, it was a pleasure to get a chance to sit down and talk with you. I feel like this may be a culmination. anymore, but I hope I feel like I should do more of these after this because I finally got to talk to Brandy. <laughs> always a pleasure. Thanks, always, always exciting. Always a challenge. And if people want to know the actual story of why she was jabbing me in the butt Ah, That's good. All right. Thank you very much. And I'll see you. Bye everyone. (laughs) This was episode 72. For more information, go to moversmindset.com slash 72. And the Hero Forge is back. In collaboration with Andy Fisher, you did catch episode 60, right? We're putting all 59 Hero Forge recordings on our website, where you can stream or download them for free. And I'll leave you with a final thought from Robert Heinlein. A human being should be able to change a diaper, plan an invasion, butcher a hog, con a ship, design a building, write a sonnet, balance accounts, build a wall, set a bone, comfort the dying, take orders, give orders, cooperate, act alone, solve equations, analyze a new problem, pitch manure, program a computer, cook a tasty meal, fight efficiently, die gallantly. Specialization is for insects. Thanks for listening.